witches. Thank you for joining us on our Modern Witches podcast. This series is a space for musings on the diverse pathways of witchcraft, intuitive inspiration, and spiritual activism. We cannot wait to revel in what is bubbling away in our cauldron of collective magic. I am your podcast host, Casey Zabala, creatrix and gatherer of Modern Witches. My hope is that our community fosters a greater depth of understanding of witches everywhere so that we may cultivate hope for the future of humanity, a humanity that honors and upholds magic as a sacred thread that illuminates our connectivity. Be sure to subscribe, and if you'd like to get more intimate with Modern Witches, check out our Patreon. Learn more at modernwitches.org. Hello and welcome to the Modern Witches podcast. I'm so excited to be here recording our Pisces season episode, swimming in the Piscean energy with you all. And I just am grateful for this space to kind of connect with this energy and provide you all with some with some space to consider all these potential energies. So um, sharing my gratitude today. And thank you, Mariana, for joining me. Hi. Hi, Casey. Hi, everyone. This is, oh my God, the energy feels so incredible in so many ways right now. It's almost like an exciting fear that I personally feel at the moment because we are closing so many cycles this Pisces season. This is incredible. For the most of the Pisces season, we have like Saturn and Pluto at the critical degrees. They are just like the lessons are that have been piled through the years are coming to the culmination. This is just that pivotal point. I don't know. I feel... I feel like the most important thing for this Pisces season somehow for me personally is gratitude. We have to almost like bow down to this energies that have been kicking our butt. Totally. <laughs> but, but nevertheless, nevertheless, I'm sure for all of us, for me definitely looking back at the like I look at myself I look at the ways I've seen the world and all the change and changes that have transpired and as hard as it was there is like a prevailing sense of gratitude an abundance know. yeah yeah such an abundance of lessons to kind of wade through and integrate yeah We've really been through it. The collective has really, really been through it in these past. Yeah. I don't need, I mean, even just the past like four to five years where Saturn was moving through mm -hmm. um, Capricorn and Aquarius, yeah. traditionally Saturn ruled signs. There's just so much restructuring and maturity that we've all had to accept whether we like it or not. Yeah. So this Pisces season will be will be a really important time for all of us. For sure. It, I know the, the image of that does not sound good, but I'm like, I always say this because Capricorn rules like 
bone structure and everything and I'm like it's like breaking the bones of the collective yeah it's been really difficult and I I was naive enough thinking that Saturn Aquarius is going to be easier (laughs) (laughs) um no (laughs) no (laughs) no it's just a whole different like breaking of stuff it's mental it's more so like there's such a I feel like an embodied and a very elusive way that we experience Pisces energy at least the way I experience Pisces energy and even going to sit and write some notes about Pisces energy I was like floating off into space and just not really aware of what words to put on the paper and like what language to tie to this energy um it was a real struggle for me which I think is is very indicative of what Pisces energy is and feels like totally I I love Pisces energy I love honestly I always say this I feel like people are just like but I do you just like all the signs I just like all the signs yeah Uh, and I do have some prominent Pisces placements but it's such a like you said elusive energy where because it's the ending of the cycle right sometimes there is there are different ways to surrender there is a hopeful surrender and there is a hopeless surrender And only through the spiritual realm, through the connection to the divine, the surrender is hopeful. If we stay in the material, the surrender is still a surrender, but it's a hopeless one. And it's like really not, it can be manifested in the Pisces season. And unfortunately, I've seen it Mm -hmm. happen when when you can't cling to the matter, nothing else matters. Mm. I feel like you just described the hanged man card in the tarot, <laughs> which is often associated with Neptune. Yeah. Um, and Neptune is the modern rulership of Pisces. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, for those of you who don't know, the hanged man card in the tarot is this figure who's suspended um from some kind of scaffolding and there's this kind of suggestion that they've put themselves in this position somehow and it is the position of surrender and like in order to kind of move through the hanged man lesson some kind of surrender is taking place whether it's surrendering in sort of a like a a martyrdom way or like the victim way which can happen I think with Pisces energy or whether it's surrendering to the divine plan or the cosmic flow so so interesting I when I think about the hangman I'm like what do you do while you hang there right it's like what's happening to you are you there like being resentful of whatever put you in that position or you seeing things in a way you would never have an opportunity to see before right just being upside down yeah and I think I mean Pisces energy like puts us in that like liminal space Mm -hmm. 
that that different perspective that kind of forces us to become aware of things that we don't normally perceive maybe mm -hmm. um it heightens our sensitivity yeah to these like more subtle currents which i think is so important for I mean, it's such a key, it's it's a zodiac sign for a reason, right? It's such a key ingredient to our human experience, but it's it's something that we don't create a lot of space for, I feel like, as modern humans moving through the world mm -hmm. in capitalism, like yeah. we're not encouraged to just sit and notice things or put ourselves upside down, invert our realities. Yeah. We lack trust. First of yeah. all, we like trust in ourselves mm -hmm. and that we've been held by something to the extent that we are, I think. And we, because like the association of Pisces with Neptune and Neptune being the planet of illusions and not seeing reality clearly it's more so not that the reality is tricking or the it's some kind of a delusional message from the divine. It's our lack of trust that creates something to be disillusioned in. It's our lack of trust almost like making something up from the space of the mind and not from the place of the trust that we are held but the situation is supported and it needs right. to develop in its own time, space, whatever mm -hmm. progression. Now, it's just so interesting that we're, you know, we're moving from Aquarius, an air sign to Pisces, a water sign. And I think mm -hmm. there's, you know, that sensation of air, which can kind of bring together a collective through communication and the sharing of ideas and our, our mental morphic field is very Aquarian. But moving into kind of the the watery field, it is that feeling of being being submerged in water. Mm -hmm. You can really you feel held. You feel you feel that pressure. And I think it's it's really more of an embodied understanding of our interconnection mm -hmm. in that way. Totally. And Aquarius, like what 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 you're saying, like coming from the Aquarius energy, Aquarius looks to something beyond and it finds it in Pisces, right? The second house from Aquarius, right? The value that that's the biggest hurdle that Aquarius has to get over is to trust into something that is not at a place of mind, something that cannot be proven. That's where the value, because the, when the trust like manifests, the Aquarius really is the highest manifestation of an Aquarius. When it looks into Pisces, not as a something where there's no hope or it's an end or something like that, which Aquarius can do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it looks like something where in the unknown, there's the highest value to be found. In the place where it's like beyond our immediate perceptions and another thing with Pisces the like the glyph of Pisces is like two fishes swimming in the opposite directions and I often think of one fish is the fish that goes with 
just with the where, where, whichever way the water goes, which can be a good thing. But for me, sometimes for some reason I perceive the other fish that going against the stream the, of the water is actually that that inner effort to go towards like the divine. I feel like the Saturn in Pisces is going to teach us that that we we have the effort, the discipline in spiritual realm is going against the stream sometimes. It's making an effort. It's like it's not it's not the fish that is like a victim of the circumstances. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's the fish that thrives <laughs> and goes and yeah, it's interesting to think of Piscean people because mm. I think there are so many amazing artists and thinkers and innovators that have these prominent Pisces placements, these these really imaginative minds imaginative spirits and what they're doing is they're they're really swimming upstream right they're they're not um playing it safe or minding the status quo in any way they're really just doing their art they're living their art and it doesn't matter what other people think so -hmm. much so that a lot of those people can really create their own worlds to such an extent that they can escape from reality for Mm -hmm. better or for worse. And I think that that piece is important to talk about with Pisces, just that ability to both be so deeply in the imaginative Mm -hmm. and also kind of forsake the, the earthly needs of the body of other people mm-hmm. how you dance with discernment and grounding and boundaries and yeah, yeah those edges always. are important it's still a water sign it's like yeah. very grounding it's like it's off the earth it's with the earth and those fishes that are just going with the currents you know the tides are just are part of part of them it can be super overwhelming it is so much so and i i I spoken briefly uh, before we started recording with casey um that my mom is pisces and it is such an emotional experience to be with a pisces someone who has a lot of prominent pisces placements because when the like when the water rises for these people the groundedness goes the logic goes (laughs) Yeah, and um, and I say this lovingly, but for me personally, it has been an experience of learning to contain my mom, having my North Node conjunct her Sun sign Mm -hmm. in Pisces, Mm -hmm. and it's just like a very like interesting dynamic. But ultimately, what I've noticed is through this the highest manifestation of Pisces through all this like ups and downs and there's no good and bad with Pisces it's just what is what current it's been caught in it can be really really like dark it can go really deep and it can be really dark Mm -hmm. like from and I know a lot of people with prominent Pisces placement it's just through that 
ultimately, and not to sound cliche, but that absolute unconditional love that they have a potential of experiencing and being in is always like the end goal. Mm -hmm. It's that acceptance and acceptance of people around them of that unconditional love towards whatever they present (laughs) for you to you or whichever placement you have, whichever where Pisces is in your chart. This might be a placement that is the hardest to love, but needs the most of it. The most, like is your 12th house as well, that's traditionally associated with Pisces, is that place that is so can be so dark or so hidden or so vilified or neglected that it needs to be developed to the point of like complete acceptance. That's beautiful. With all of it. And we all have Pisces somewhere. Everyone yeah. can apply it to their chart, find it. If you especially if you have planets there. Yeah. And one more thing I want to add here is that because Pisces and Virgo axis are about service, it's often I've noticed that people with prominent Pisces placement and Virgo placement, because this is our axis of like healing and service. The love does not have to be where you have Pisces in your chart. The love does not have to be deserved through service or anything for that matter. It's the biggest lesson for anyone with a 12th house placement, whether you have 12th house or where you have Pisces. Mm. Like it's just, it has to be inherent. You have to come to the truth that it's inherent there. It's just, mm-hmm. yeah. Like it's more of your purpose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To express unconditional quality in that. That's such a beautiful invitation. Yeah. So there's so much, so much here, so much about Pisces. One of the questions that we received from, from you all, from the community about Pisces season is how to work with this energy. And there are definitely ways ground and embody this, this beautiful Pisces energy. I think something we've been talking about, but not naming is like this, this essence of non-duality that Pisces holds and teaches us. Mm-hmm. Pisces season can be a really a beautiful invitation to kind of let go of your attachments to certain outcomes, let go of your attachments to the ways that you think you should be, or the way that other people are perceiving you may be and how that's affecting you, really just trying to swim with the fishes, just be in the emotions that are rising for you. It's going to be easier for some of us to do that work than others, but it's a real invitation to be with your emotions in a way that is curious. It's a way that maybe can inspire you, a way that also doesn't drag you under or really affect the way that you live your life to too much of an extent it's like Mm -hmm. how can you dance with your emotions in this kind of like non-attached way while Mm -hmm. also honoring them not ignoring them or repressing them yeah yeah it's um it's a thing that's a thing that recognizing that what we feel and not like like you said, dancing with that, even if it's like dark feeling, 
it's quite possible you know we're at the end of the cycle so much has come to be during the wheel <laughs> of all of this um but again i sound <laughs> like a broken record but the answer is truly in Pisces is love. As cliche as it sounds, and I'm very aware, <laughs> following what is being, not trying to like make it better, more perfect, more yeah. suitable, more anything or less anything. Another word for acceptance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, for me, it's always Pisces season is always a difficult one because I'm an I'm Aries rising. It's my twelfth, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> or I've noticed, like with the end, rest, rest, so much yeah. need for so much rest. Oh mm-hmm. my god, yes, it's just like sleep time, and it's it Pisces rules the domain of sleep. Mm-hmm. it's also yeah it's an amazing time for dream work if you are someone who practices magical dreaming or is curious about it Pisces season is a great time to to deepen your practice in whatever ways you can Mm -hmm. for those of you who are wanting to begin that process I would recommend you know keeping a journal by your bed and and writing down anything you remember from your dreams it doesn't have to be specifics. It can be how I felt when I woke up. If you're really struggling to remember your dreams, it's really just allow yourself to track anything that you experience and that you could like kind of hold on to as you become conscious or you do that, the more your dreams will start to linger and stay with you. So great way to start that process. That's a great advice. Yeah, that's really good because I never thought about this because I I am someone who struggles with remembering dreams. I'm very like, I don't know. Tenor of your day, how you go about your day energetically. And it can just give you a little bit more grounding and what's going on in your psyche is a dreamer. And it's a huge part of my spiritual practice. Mm -hmm. And I will say bringing consciousness to your dreams can really inform how you feel connected to the unseen world to your ancestors to animals to spirits so if that is something you're interested in doing I'd really encourage you to before you go to bed fall asleep with some kind of intention repeating an intention as you go to bed even the simplest intention of I will remember my dreams in the morning is a beautiful one. That's been much more potent and powerful for me personally. Uh, I, I'm not, I don't have the power to do that. Even if I try, I'm like, I don't know how people do that. Go and wake themselves up or tell themselves it's not real or something. I'm like, what? That <laughs> sounds like absolute like one-on-one magic to me, honestly. It <laughs> is a good. Perceive it. It's a strong form of magic for sure. It is definitely a strong form of magic. I think it requires a lot of patience. That I don't have. (laughs) The Aries says. (laughs) 
<laughs> with the rule in Gemini. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so go dream, go dream this season. Yeah. Yeah. So should we move to our transits? Yeah, let's move into the transits. Let's move into Exciting. the transits. So yeah, spicy season starts on February 18th. We've spoken at length, I think, about the energy of the archetype. And just right after that, on February 20th, one thing I want to note is that the ruler of the season, Jupiter, is in Aries. So it's a lot about the will to do our spiritual work. The will and courage. I just want to clarify, too, that the modern ruler of Pisces is Neptune and the traditional ruler is Jupiter. So we have these two planets that we're working with for yeah, rulership. For sure. Yeah, so modern is Neptune is in Pisces for years now. Um, I lean towards more traditional astrology, though I definitely look at Neptune and Pisces, but not by any means. I come with all the respect for modern findings with Jupiter in Aries. Yeah, it's 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 a lot of very much like and the 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 Aries is the second house from Pisces. So when we're talking about the fishes, the value comes with will and courage. The value comes when you express that what we have that fire to develop spiritually. Non-duality of things and I think moving away from that binary of like, this is good, this is bad, this is... Totally. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's a good expansion. Yeah. And very interesting that as Venus ingresses into Aries, we arrive, there's just like within, I think, hour or two, just like right there, the new moon in Pisces at one degree of Pisces. It's Beautiful. February... 19th or depending on where or 20th late at night or early in the morning depending on where you live um one degree of pisces this is a new moon that is an out of sign conjunction with saturn that is at 28 degrees of aquarius uh, at the time of the lunation and um i think this is such a pre it's a lesson before the lessons almost like mm -hmm. it's what we have we can expect from Saturn and Pisces we're foreshadowing foreshadowing yeah something and it's a new it's a new, like as every new moon is in initiation that spans for a, a six-month cycle until the full moon in Pisces during the Virgo season. The ruler of this lunation is in Aries, like we've spoken, the ruler of the new moon, Jupiter, is in this in Aries, approaching conjunction to Chiron. It's a four-degree conjunction. Feels to me like we we have an opportunity to receive help on the journey to help in the form of the inner resources to do the work 
of healing value systems that we hold in regards to our sense of confidence on, or our sense of ability or capability to begin something that is mm-hmm. of value that requires healing that sense of ability to initiate. The healing happens from the sub- in, in the subconscious, first of all. The healing happens in that like Piscean world. The initiation starts from the place within our memory almost like it's almost like healing the memory of something because Chiron for me is also always about memory it's a memory of the pain that holds Mm. you back so here Jupiter getting up that healing and getting us on the track of being more trusting like for some reason intuitively I get this sense of like there is a support from the mm-hmm. places we have not expected support from. Right. It might not be visible places or tangible places. They might be too, but it's just from somewhere. Yeah. Reigniting the faith in Piscean waters, like the unconscious, mm-hmm. the wild parts of ourselves. Um, like you said, having trust and faith in our process to make something out of nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, as you were talking, Mariana, I, like my tarot deck, it's like you need to pull a card, and <laughs> I pulled the fool. Oh wow! It's really very cool. I feel like there, this is this is talking about that process of initiation. The fool in the tarot is the zero arcana, mm-hmm. which is very twelfth house to me. Um, it's mm-hmm. like that that collective unconscious it's that that's potential energy that Mm -hmm. we have the ability to access through that Jupiter in Aries that's going to initiate some expansion which is also the fool standing on the cliff ready to take a leap of faith so it's interesting I feel like this would be such a beautiful new moon to think about like kind of get a little wild in your in your ideas about what you want to have happen and what you want to manifest or bring into consciousness, bring into form. Just dream about it. Yeah, make a big list of possibility. It does feel, it does, feel because this new moon in Pisces at like one degree, it's like very much, like it's a place where Saturn is going to arrive shortly within a couple of weeks, right? But the new moon is in a separating conjunction from Saturn. So the moon is separating. So it almost feels like some big cycles in regards to our ideas about the community or long-term goals are closing and we need to come up with the great new concepts mm-hmm. that are far reaching and and require tremendous trust because they have nothing to stand on yet or there's not enough proof so right. that full energy, it's like almost 
we've been through a lot. We understand the sense of limitation. We're separating from that Saturn that's about to start a new cycle. But it's, you know, I get this feeling like this is a test. This new mm -hmm. moon is a test on how well have we understood the Saturnian principles. So the next six months, a Saturn is just ingressing into Pisces. It's going to be a test with this new moon being the beginning of the test on how well can we discipline ourselves when it comes discipline and discipline not in a traditional sense but discipline and trust dis discipline and patience discipline and vision and all those things as we go into the unknown and how can we stick with this how right. can we and then because yeah saturn is still there it's watching it's almost watching from the back the initiation starts as Saturn is being like, well, we've been on this cycle. What have you learned? And kind of just looking from the back at you mm -hmm. at this new initiation, <laughs> this new moon. It just, I'm just looking at the circle. It's like standing like at 28 degrees behind and being like, all right, you go, you do. Let's see. I love you know, that. Yes. It feels like it. It's almost like this... Um you know, this authority figure or like almost like a, a spiritual authority that's kind of saying like, yeah. show me what you've done, show me what you've learned yeah. um, and how are you going to take what you've learned and use it in this new arena? Absolutely. It's almost like, because we've spoken briefly that Saturn and Pisces is a, it's a like a slow release energy. So I feel like what we do for the next six months in regards to the discipline in the spiritual realm, mm -hmm. the discipline in our trust that we don't know things. Yeah. It's it takes like not to know and to not react in the unknown is a tremendous act of patience. Ooh, yeah. Right? In mm -hmm. that Piscean waters, we know nothing, yet we need to go somewhere <laughs> without any information being provided to us so the only thing we can rely on really is that in a sense of discipline and doing and looking back and looking at that opposite side of Virgo and creating some past like some routine that supports that journey that's what Saturn is going to be looking at I love that yeah. I think this is a really important lunation for anyone who's ending their Saturn returns people mm -hmm. who had Saturn in Aquarius thinking about especially as the moon is waning coming up to this new moon moment thinking about the themes of your Saturn return what have you been challenged by what have you experienced what have you tried to learn because there's integration on the way for you all so much but you know this new moon could be that opportunity to really commit to that spiritual discipline in sub area mm -hmm. that can support you in that integration process as Saturn moves it to Pisces. Absolutely. That's so on point because what people don't know is that your Saturn return does not end when your Saturn return ends because you have, there's such a thing, I don't know, like, but I'm, I'm going to talk briefly about this. 
a progress chart and when progress Saturn reaches when um, when transit in Saturn reaches your progressed Saturn which is within three years after your Saturn return this is like when the old and it's always in the next sign <laughs> after you're like natal Saturn right so when totally. progress when the transit in Saturn Saturn in Pisces and your progress anyone who has natal Saturn Aquarius your progress Saturn uh oh my god what I'm saying not progress solar arc solar arc Saturn is in the next sign and when transit in Saturn is going to get reach a solar arc Saturn that's when the lessons are manifesting it's just not to confuse the listeners so the lessons of your Saturn return are truly coming through in three years after your Saturn return is over yeah a lot of people talk about the um your 33rd year your Christ year that being sort of like the symbolic time when you really do a lot of your Saturn return integration absolutely yeah so it's like because what I'm talking about is solar arc it moves one degree a year every planet so the solar arc Saturn is 30 years so it's in transit in time it's going to be three year of the next time anyways three years so always look for the Saturnian lessons of your Saturn return are in the next sign stay tuned everyone <laughs> yeah <laughs> I totally got that all my Saturn all my difficulties of like Saturn Capricorn kind of un got untangled and resolved with with Saturn yeah, and Aquarius I'm feeling that at the moment so yes very interesting right yeah so new moon mm -hmm. magical yeah um definitely make use of it i i wanted to take a moment here to also talk about what it's like for those of you out there who have your natal moon in pisces the the new moon in pisces may be like a little bit of window into this mm -hmm. kind of placement this energy but we wanted to talk a little bit about that yeah. for those listeners out there with pisces moons yeah new Pisces oh god I know so many Pisces moon people this is like really especially if you have a night chart and your moon is your primary uh luminary this is so if you this is there it's almost it's a new begin it's for every Pisces moon it's a new beginning in a sense an emotional but like for night chart people it's going to be almost manifested in a 3d reality because the action is driven by the emotional state you know so i feel like a new moon that opens an opportunity to initiate for you even more so um to help you get some sense of ground underneath your feet this new moon presents if nothing else if nothing else if, if it's not some grandiose which it 
never it never is goals <laughs> to, to to overthrow to i don't know construct or whatever it is if it's as small as just to gain enough ground underneath your feet to to experience the saturn in pisces for the next three years it's a good enough Beautiful. to have enough yeah this is spicy moon and grounding is a task of a lifetime yes pisces moon pisces moon as a natal placement is um a really gorgeous placement in my opinion it's just it's such a psychic moon mm. uh, it's a very very sensitive moon which comes with its challenges and it comes with its blessings mm-hmm. um and so it's really important for pisces moon folks to learn emotional regulation tools it's not an easy journey learning how to be aware of where your energy and where your kind of auric field starts and begins and learning tools for how to kind of keep your energetic field your emotional field um, clear, focusing on cleansing practices regularly. You know, those are the things that are really going to support you on an emotional and spiritual level with your Pisces moon. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I, there is an idea that when, like, because there's a, con- the Saturn is conjunct this moon, um, that when Saturn goes into the houses, like, six eighths or twelfths it acts in a more positive sense because it's like minus and minus makes it positive like makes it positive plus <laughs> makes it more so in the house of self-undoing in the sign that associated often with self-undoing and isolation it can minimize that actually because saturn minimizes Saturn like cuts off what's unnecessary if it's too much of self-undoing or like self-isolation or if it's to your detriment you'll be forced to somehow stop it stop doing that so when it like there's a positive thing with Saturn in Pisces love that Yeah. yeah Let's talk a little bit about um, the transits before the Saturn fully enters Pisces later in March or early yeah. March. So what when is March 7th? So yeah, Saturn enters Pisces on March 7th and mm-hmm. from the new moon of February 20th. Honestly, we have some Mercury transits, Mercury square Uranus and Mercury trine Mars. February 20, right after the uh, new moon, the next couple of days, it's very active mercurial like movement happening here in the um, in the 20th, in the beginning of 20th of February, that feels like Mercury square Uranus feels like light bulb going off all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Mercury trying in Mars feels like the action being taken on the as the result of the light bulb i love that going off <laughs> you know it's like sharp realization because um because but taurus is an earth sign it might be some 3d event occurring 
that has to do, depending on where Uranus is in your chart, Uranus and Taurus is in your chart, but it's it's a like some kind of a wake, wake up thing. And then mental understanding on how to proceed from here. Mm. That's that's great. That's I feel yeah. like that really echoes a lot of the themes of the new moon too. Just kind of mm-hmm. making sure that you're taking what you're experiencing mm-hmm. and actioning on it, like moving things forward. Yeah, and it's very cerebral in a sense mm-hmm. with Mercury in Aquarius and Mars in Gemini. It's very like the what words I need to be spoken to initiate the cycle what letters need to be written what what needs to be put on the paper or Mm -hmm. spoken into their world so the cycle can be initiated um and because of course in gemini's communities it's like people's connections it's like online space yeah february 22nd may be a good day to announce something or share things with your community as always as always just like a little note measured against your chart natal chart definitely yeah it's always yeah um and then by all the way through the end of february there's nothing really happening i mean always like their moon is shifting everything is moving but um it's more of a like quiet time before in the beginning of march energies pick up again with Venus on March 1st, Venus um, conjuncts Jupiter in Aries. And the thing is, like, I almost want to look at that because on March 3rd, Venus conjunct Chiron in Aries. So here we have Venus making its rounds in Aries from Jupiter to Chiron and Jupiter is approaching its conjunction to Chiron by mid-March which is a big, big deal in my opinion. Um, But the thing is, it's almost like, be careful. And I feel like I'm like, I sound this like Debbie Downer, but be (laughs) careful. Venus and Jupiter, both benefic in the sign of very impulsive with, with in Aries, which is a very impulsive sign with its ruler being in a very mutable Gemini. Where it's like a split second decisions, indulgence, right? Spending. Anything impulsive has to be watched with Venus Jupiter conjunct in Aries. And just take a look where Aries falls in your chart. It's gonna be more appropriate. For example, for me, it's in my first house. So I'll be like, I don't know, I'm just like stuffing my face with like candy or something. <laughs> <laughs> It's like Venus is sugar. <laughs> yeah. You know, so we have to look at the positive manifestations, possible manifestations of Venus and Jupiter. It's educating yourself on something that has to do with the powerful women archetypes, writing, or because Jupiter for me is always about education and mm-hmm. maybe awareness expansion understanding maybe some female energy will come to our sphere empowerment empowerment yeah um but it's a very um venus 
creating something or initiating something because it's in areas in terms of writing because the ruler is in Gemini that is expensive that is empowering that is just I don't know yeah it's alternative it's interesting because Jupiter is exactly conjunct Chiron a little bit later like a week later Um, but we have on March 1st you know Jupiter at 12 degrees Venus at 12 degrees and Chiron at 13 degrees yeah so they're very much there together Mm -hmm. so for me when I look at this I definitely think about Chiron's influence on this Jupiter Venus conjunction um Mm -hmm. and it just strikes me you know with Chiron there I think there's kind of this this ability to find empowerment or that educational moment that you were talking about like a really beautiful lesson Mm -hmm. to be learned about the wounded femme, the wounded feminine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, this has been such a big theme for all of us for so long. Um, and I think in order for us to really find empowerment, we actually really have to go deep within the pain of what mm-hmm. the collective feminine is experiencing right now. And sort of source our empowerment, source our courage and our bravery uh, and our wisdom from that place. Um, so it feels, I don't know, it feels like it has that potential too. Absolutely. Um, it's healing for for feminine energy in this world. You see, like we've spoken earlier about Venus and Aries being and it's not the best position, not the most traditionally acceptable. But who came up with these narratives? Right. I mean, astrology is heavily patriarchal sphere, has been for centuries at least, right? Mm-hmm. So to deem Venus in Aries is something less than because there is a capacity to go and get things and it's it's a very wounded archetype, both as Venus and Scorpio. Like acceptable darkness, acceptable assertiveness, acceptable right. all that. And with Chiron, it's that there are two things to this that I see. The one what you're saying is the healing of that part of our collective, that the shame associated with assertiveness. And the knowledge that's been suppressed, the Jupiter, the feminine knowledge, the innate is like, I grew up in a very, like, a lot of women grew up where like, just hush, just don't, like, I was told from early age, you don't have to put it out out on the display that you are intelligent person, right? Intelligent woman is the woman who hides her intelligence. All those like crazy, like, things. I've been told that like pain point blank those things from early on in life like don't be a smart ass like (laughs) (laughs) things like that you know and like and it's a lot of wounding this associated with that another side of this that can manifest I think is how are we able 
to discern pleasure as detrimental or supportive. So where the pleasure is not a pleasure, but what's that word? Um, indulgence. Uh -huh. Yeah. So we have to, how have we been indulging our senses? How have we been indulging our ego? Because we couldn't initiate, because there is a shame in initiation or there's a shame of expressing this energy on a different level. The pleasure in itself. Have we been indulgent because we couldn't own the pleasure? There's a lot of like that, in my opinion, is yeah. how how have we been sweetening, sweetening, like making, like putting sugar or honey in our systems, literally or figuratively, because there's no other way or we couldn't own the other way. Right. Like often our indulgences are kind of filling a void. Yeah. This and feels like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like how do we identify what the void is or what it's symbolic of, what we truly need to feel like nourished yeah. and valued. Yeah. Um, wise. All those it, things. Yeah. Absolutely. In, in that part of the areas in your chart, because it's the part of the like self-expression self. I am energy, right. right? And it doesn't matter which house it falls in. Like, like let's say, I don't know, it's, I'm going to give it like a fourth house. I don't know, Capricorn rising. What do you, what you might, I hate this word, but hoard for your home. Yeah. <laughs> Out of, when this energy can manifest as the teacher and matriarch or as a fighter for the home or creator of the better home. I mean, like, it's a very, it can be very subtle, but it just feels like a shame around owning that feminine can come through as indulgence. Mm -hmm. I feel it's getting for some reason it got dark. <laughs> like I know in, in my in the way I feel it, I'm like it just feels because I maybe I recognize that I've done this. Yeah. I think a lot of people have done this. I think we we all have done this on some level. If you're part of the society and you identify in some way, there there are ways in which you've been limited by society's expectations of you. Yeah. Um this is a good opportunity to look at that it's a healing opportunity mm -hmm. with chiron and jupiter mm -hmm. and just remember jupiter expands what it touches it's gonna and what you bring with that venus the awareness that you come in with that venus <laughs> in aries is gonna be very important because you don't wanna because i think it, it like sorry i'm like keep talking about but it can expand the indulgence and it's the oh, like yeah. least path of resistance path of less resistance less resistance right right yeah yeah indulgence indulgence 
Give yourself, um, yeah, I would say it might be interesting to play with that to meet yourself where you find yourself indulging and how and and notice what that says about maybe what, where you can find balance. Mm -hmm. totally. And it, it comes with information too. It's in Gemini. How mm -hmm. have you been indulging in unnecessary information? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we should, I think we should move to Saturn enters Pisces, just because we have a yeah. lot to say about it. Absolutely. And, you know, Saturn enters Pisces on March 7th. It's uh -huh. a huge collective shift. Mm -hmm. And on the same day, there's a full moon. So mm -hmm. it's a really powerful ingress um, yeah. of Saturn into Pisces. Yeah, I'm going to briefly mention, um, Sorry, I'm like rattling with my notes here. The last time Pisces, Saturn was in Pisces was from May of 1993. Then it went through June of 1993. So it was a brief ingress. And then from January of 1994 into April of 1996. A lot of us have been very young at the time. If you have memory, I do, I've been a child, but I do have a memory around that time. And I have understanding of what was happening in my family dynamic. Look back, I always say the events and are gonna repeat themselves. Energies though, quite possible. Definitely. Yeah. So welcome to your Saturn return for all those Saturn and Pisces babes. Um, yep. Yeah. This is, this is a really important energetic shift that um, I think we spoke about a little bit with the new moon, but you know, it's inviting this new sense of structure Saturn mm -hmm. in the realms of Pisces um which is a tricky combination you know Saturn wants to formulate and ground and do that work that discipline work whereas Pisces wants to be boundless and mm -hmm. um untamed and totally. imaginative and um um I Again, like I'm very hopeful for Saturn and Pisces. I hope I'm not gonna get disappointed in my, again, it's a very Piscean thing. I'm hopeful. I'm like- Idealistic. Idealistic about what's gonna come <laughs> through with this. But maybe that's the medicine we really could use for the collective at this time. I don't know. I think we we've done a lot of, deconstruction and now there's a lot of dreaming to do yeah constructive dreaming yes yes yeah it's a very like um let's okay I'm gonna start talking a little bit about the more physical manifestations we've spoken early about this the physical body and Saturn and Pisces and Pisces as we know rules water and Saturn is freezing things 
and we don't want a frozen water in our bodies. <laughs> we want a, a harmonious, healthy flow, right? And again, the ruler of the season is in Mars rule sign. So it is with blood. It has to do with the ingression of Saturn. Has like It does, from all angles, it points to the liquids within our system, blood, water, lymphatic system, all of that. So as you listen to this, start preparing your body for, uh, by walking daily, by getting your circulation in order, because Aquarius is circulation, because Leo is heart and Aquarius is, so we're coming out of that, the critical degree is going to be Saturn and critical degree of Aquarius. So we have to really get tending to like the last degree of the sign is a lot of work. It's a lot of like culmination. So tending to like the systems keeping up with what's happening in the outer is very important for like our physical health. And then as Saturn enters the zero degree of a Pisces, again, like doing like lymphatic massages, right? Drinking warm water. And it's, those are very basic things, but you don't wanna like, like add to the Saturnian influences on your body by like, perpetuating some sort of stagnation right. right we really need to get this thing going another thing if you are and pisces is a very much a mental health area from a different like aquarius in my opinion is also mental health um like it can be looked from different sides but emotional traumatic basis for our struggles often is found in Pisces. Pisces is where addiction lies, where addiction substance, why like chemical stuff is all, all lives in Pisces, right? So for me, honestly, here, Saturn is a very good influence. If, and it, if you're struggling with any sort of addiction, be it like, I don't know, chemical or alcohol or as simple as sorry but why am I sorry but sex <laughs> addictions and things like that because 12th house associated with badly bad related pleasures like Saturn can really support you in curbing this stuff this is a beautiful energy for this I'm really like looking forward to things being another thing is regulation of certain medical things can come through with Saturn in Pisces you know like natural maybe med medicine maybe mushroom related We're definitely yeah we that's go in like there. guaranteed we will see FDA approved MDMA yeah. therapy we will see FDA approved psilocybin therapy yeah there's going to be so much new regulation in the spice space of psychedelic therapy. Mm -hmm. It's already started. It's so close to coming to fruition. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be really interesting, I think, to see how 
Saturn, which, you know, provides that discipline and that structure Mm -hmm. attempts to sort of create boundaries and structures around internal healing processes um, and very unpredictable, elusive, highly magical um, methodologies like psychedelics. Um, Mm -hmm. I think this will be a really interesting space to watch. Um, I think there's a lot, there's gonna be a lot of problematic stuff around the FDA which mm-hmm. is a very patriarchal capitalist system, mm-hmm. Saturnian in some ways, um, regulating something that, you know, is tied to indigenous knowledge, um, is tied to um, deeply spiritual cultural practices. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's something that I'm I'm watching this Saturn and Pisces cycle is is how are, how are the powers, the dominant powers co-opting and capitalizing on this resource that um, really should be for, for people, for all people, but in a very highly culturally specific context. And what happens when we strip it of that context and put a prescription, put it in a prescription bottle and say, this is the method of therapy that you have to use in order to interact with this substance. Yeah. And using that method of therapy out of context can be very detrimental. And what is the scope of that? If it's not a holistic practice that doesn't kind of continue to support somebody on their evolution. Um, Yeah. I really hope that astrology can play a role mm. in this evolution because astrology has the capacity to sort of predict on some level how someone is going to react with these substances and when when would be the most fruitful time based on people's transits mm-hmm. to undergo this type of therapy. So mm-hmm. um I do hope that there is a lot of innovation in this space in in a powerful way. Um, and not to say that there there aren't so many hopeful signs around addiction treatment with psychedelics. That's one of the most promising areas of of this medicinal application. So there's there's so many Piscean themes here and um so much. A lot to look forward to, a lot to pay attention to. Oh my God. Like I, I am absolutely certain and I'm rarely certain about anything, but I'm certain about this one. The application of the gifts of nature like this without a high spiritual perspective. Yeah. Oh my God, the harm it can do without a conscious use just as a band-aid it's harmful it's harmful and i look at people and i know people who how do i say this without sounding like i understand and someone doesn't which is not true it's more of a 
I know people who do mushrooms, do microdosing, right? And then completely do like divorced from any spiritual practice. And they've been doing it. And when they start doing it, and I've observed it, I've observed these people like first time, maybe a couple of years ago. And they come and they come back to the point of deeper darkness. There is, it's not something to play games with, really. And when Neptune goes into Aries, there will be a war over. And Neptune and Saturn ingress hand in hand into Aries in 2026, like together. And Saturn and Neptune, there, there will be an absolute like rampage over this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Right? You know, I mean, it's so important to remember anyone. I love psychedelics, mm -hmm. love them. Yeah. But it's so important to remember that psychedelics are put you in a subjective, suggestive state. That's part of their magic. That's part of what they do. Yeah. And it's so important to be discerning about who you're with, how safe you feel, what practices you're going to practice before and after and in between um, that are going to keep you feeling safe while you're in a highly suggestive state. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And intention oh. behind the intention. use. Intention, 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 intention. Intention behind the use of it. Because if your intention, again, is to put a Band-Aid on something, the pain, the hurt, the trauma, that's what I've seen. People who experience trauma try to use that without a larger context of spiritual development and progression and understanding of the limitation of this life. It just bites back. <laughs> just, like, I don't see that other way around. And like, um, we're gonna, I hope people listen to this point because this is, I think this is very important. We need to look at all the transits, like Saturn and Pisces, whatever transit as where it's going and yeah. what, other, what other repercussions of the time we have this transit they, they are coming, the results in the next cycle. And when Saturn goes into its full sign of Aries, we got to be very conscious, conscientious about this. And also another thing, Pisces plays a big, big, this whole spiritual like wave we're on and that appropriation and all that stuff that we've ex we experienced in like, there's no tomorrow right now. Pluto in Aquarius gives us an opportunity to develop certain boundaries, certain laws of humanity, of understanding. Because Pluto in Pisces is going into Pisces. And if we arrive there with this like disheveled ideas <laughs> about spirituality, the hopelessness of it is too much right yeah. like and this sad that's why this saturn in pisces because before saturn comes back in pisces again pluto is already going to be in pisces by then in 30 years and i'm sorry i'm talking in such long-term cycles but it's important to understand 
the big picture the big picture and then bring back back to your responsibility in the moment yeah that's because, all it is yeah that is all it is i think you know as astrology is the study of cycles and um while it is so such a valuable tool for self-knowledge and self-acceptance um we don't do this work in a vacuum and this yeah. is what these outer planets are really talking to us about yeah absolutely. but it's it's so fascinating that you know this this saturn ingress happens on the same in the same moment as a full moon because mm-hmm. the moon and the sun are making this personal for all of us mm-hmm. um so there's there's a real opportunity to fully deeply understand where and how saturn and pisces is going to be affecting you and for the next three years yeah absolutely and the ruler of the lunation is in pisces mercury is in pisces so that and mercury um mercury in pisces is not linear it's not logical it understand things so what we, what we see here, we have to have some structure, some routines, but again, it comes down to our ability to understand things, read between lines, trust our intuition, and have the connection to something beyond. Mm. Just the quick solution paradigm right right it's a very like yeah the full moon just for those who listen and if you have degrees it's at 16 degrees of virgo uh the sun is in close enough conjunction to neptune sun is in pisces the ruler of lunation is at seven degrees of pisces mercury um yeah it's very and at that moment too saturn is at 29 degrees of aquarius 59 seconds 59 seconds (laughs) yes it's so it's like on that threshold um in that moment of of transformation um Mm -hmm. and the full moon what does it do it illuminates it it really reveals things to mm-hmm. us so this is a this is a major um revelatory experience i would say um this this full moon and really illuminating also that that need for the earth the virgo moon mm-hmm. um and with saturn also just a very dense yeah. energy um mm-hmm. it's like you know turning to that routine that sense of healing work that is mundane Mm -hmm. um, but so so crucial to the way that we're going to be able to affect lasting systemic change absolutely Um, so coming back to that in your own daily life is going to be so so key totally yeah and then this lunation is square in mars within like 
five degrees. So the again, and it's so interesting because before we got on this, I posted on my Instagram and stories about that. Like right now, moon as we record this, Casey and I, the moon is in Virgo, opposing Venus in uh, Pisces and square in Mars and Gemini. Like exact. <laughs> <laughs> Like not exact, but it's like it's going through this transit throughout the day today into into the evening. And and I'm like, this is an energy of leaking energy. Yeah. Mutable cross activating through the the energies leaking either through the stuckness on the details that don't matter and outlived through the information that is not important, but we're allowing to our systems mm -hmm. through, it's like a lot of like, and sun in Pisces, it's, it's all of this is very much as Saturn is ingressing into Pisces about illumination on how do we need to preserve the energy feels to me. How do we not How do we, yeah, how do we like set up enough boundaries, enough structure, like you said, enough routine that we are not like leaking like this? Right. Yeah. Boundaries on social media, like boundaries oh on the type of things that just drain you and pull your energy yeah. from you. Those things that you can feel like, I don't know, I, you know, the, the doom scrolling, right? It's like such a drain of resource mm -hmm. um there's other things you know especially since this is a pisces moon you can think about any type of sus substance abuse mm -hmm. that feels like you're filling like a black hole that like desire to just like consume more and more and more that type of addiction um yeah. it's going to really highlight those areas where we're just not um, prioritizing our health in a holistic way yeah. Um, and the opportunity there is to, you know, try your best to create more space around those things in your life, mm -hmm. create more awareness. I think it's full moons are extremely triggering tense times. And we tend to lean into our defense mechanism, coping mechanisms, but if we can bring more awareness to what we're choosing to do, how we're choosing to cope um, and just give ourselves some space to really consider all of our options yeah. rather than just defaulting to what we would normally do to self-soothe. Absolutely. It's so important like to build on what you just said because Saturn is it like last, last minutes of Aquarius last hours it's like this and it's five years of Saturn and Saturn rules signs and Saturn rules time and we can feel an urgency and we can feel like we don't have time to pause and that's a mistake the urgency is, is a perception it's all perception you're not running out of time you perceive like you are running out of time but the best thing you can do for yourself as Saturn ingresses into Pisces and we have this full moon is to set intentions by giving yourself time. Again, I love that. 
This is a slow release Saturn in Pisces. This full moon is an immutable sign. Whenever we have this mutable cross activated, again, the Sagittarius is an answer here because nothing is in Sag. We, we need to close the cross by Sag. So why we do what we do? The bigger picture, the big Sagittarius picture, why we do this? What's the, what's the highest lesson? So we can't, just like mindless chickens, sorry, <laughs> like headless chickens, <laughs> run and do whatever the like impulse because the chain of dispositors here, like so Virgo, Mercury rules, Virgo goes into Pisces, Jupiter goes into Aries, Mars goes to in Gem into Gemini. And again, Mercury comes back into Pisces. So it's very much about giving ourselves time and space to change our opinions and to, to mutate almost. It's like a very mutative feeling here. Yeah, mm, that's a good invitation. Yeah, it feels like very much like this, I don't know, that mercurial psychopomp um, who kind of can go anywhere they want, transition into mm -hmm. any kind of gender or being they want and just mm -hmm. um, that invitation to like lean into the possibility that you are not a static being you're evolving you can change mm -hmm. your life is dynamic absolutely uh, don't forget it yeah 100 percent. and yeah mercury in pisces really just it's very you can imagine whatever you want into this reality you can write into this reality you can speak it into the reality. It's a, it's a very, it's a very creative placement. It's a good time. Yeah. I feel like this would be a really cool for any spell work on this moon, um, release work through your voice. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying like go and, you know, unload on somebody that you've been harboring feelings around or whatever. Um, but I am saying like, you know, go out at, in the night and like sing to the moon, like, or cry or like release something that you've um, been holding. Hum, hum. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hum it so, out. Yeah. Or like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it just, I'm like so looking forward to this because Mercury is gonna, it's like I have Pisces, Mercury and Pisces. It's gonna be very interesting. Lovely. yeah Lovely. yeah <laughs> all right so what do we have after this after this full moon and Saturn enters Pisces we have few days where it just kind of we integrating we're adapting here and then on March 12th Jupiter is conjunct Chiron we've spoken about this energy it is about accelerated healing if we allow ourselves to do that, if we allow ourselves enough focus to be present. So it's, the, yeah. I, I just wanted to say it's so beautiful too, because there it's at 14 degrees of Aries and also mm -hmm. right here conjunct Chiron and Jupiter is Vesta, the asteroid. Mm -hmm. um and Vesta is all about tending to that 
flame, that sacred mm-hmm. flame in our lives. Yeah. There's a real energy of devotional practice with Vesta. Mm-hmm. And so it feels like this really, this opportunity to actually really create some kind of sacred space around um, your healing work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to this Jupiter Chiron conjunction tremendously. Um, what's interesting here is that the ruler of this conjunction is Mars. Mars is in Gemini. And to me, it always almost feels like healing comes because Mars in Gemini is about difficulty of making choices of lack of direction or continuity in one's choices and it feels like forgiveness of the self for the choices that you haven't made or you've made and they haven't worked the way it's almost like forgiving oneself because Mark Aries is about initiating for the initiations that were not play, made from the authentic place of your of your own truth, of your true self. You know, it feels like a very healing to that initiating capacity. So you can yeah. allow yourself to initiate again in that specific part of your chart where Aries sits. Mm. Initiating like authentically. Yeah, be, by forgiving, by by healing that Chiron with Jupiter, by healing that you have initiated in the past that might not have worked the way you've envisioned or whatever it is, because we stop initiating out of the past wounds. There's a past right. self that is wounded by how, what we have initiated. <laughs> And it's it's an opportunity invitation to heal that. Mm. Yeah. It feels really nice. Yeah. And what do we have? So right after that, so it's March 12th that this conjunction takes place because this is a slow moving energy. It's going to be active days before. So from the beginning of March, I would say we already in it. And then Mars, this one is a very important Mars and Gemini square Neptune and Pisces. This is our third round. This is the closing square between Mars and Neptune through Mars retrograde and the whole Mars through Gemini journey. The last square to me is the one that reveals to us, kind of lifts the the veil. Mm -hmm. It shows us the misdirection of energies mars and gemini misdirection of words misdirection of uh intention if you may it shows us where we have miscalculated or where we you know so excited for that (laughs) me too it's on march 14th yeah um this is a very much I've noticed with when the like when transit Neptune makes hard aspects in persons personal planets 
And it because Neptune is such a slow moving and often it's like around three of those aspects are positions or squares to like, like whatever play like person's natal placement. The last aspect is where there's a shift happens where it's like, oh, now I see the first two, the first can create the illusion. The second can kind of make an extra confusion in the delusion that you created. <laughs> yes. The last one is the breaking of the, that said, illusion, that delusion. Chain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that really resonates. I think, um, you know, all through that Mars retrograde, there was so much, um, just misplaced energy or really trying to put our energy places where maybe it wasn't being held or met. Um, and I think with this final square, it'll be this realization of like, oh, I don't have to do it in that way. Or like, I don't have to push in that way. Or mm -hmm. um, this isn't the place for me to put my energy. And yeah. and there can be, there can be like grief with that. There can be upset. Um, but I'm hoping that there's also just kind of this relief that um there is another way you know there's another way to to use your energy or there's another place to put your energy that's going to be more successful 100% because all this is is all this aspect is mars square neptune is like draining into the abyss of the neptune in pisces it's just going and it's just no sign of coming back <laughs> that's what it is it's just like I felt it so much totally me too Crazy. yeah so we come into realization that we need to stop putting it into that abyss choose another abyss everyone <laughs> the abyss that gives back yes we need a, a generative abyss yes <laughs> All right. Um, and we come to the end of the Pisces season. There are a few transits left. I think the most beautiful that I am absolutely looking forward to is Venus entering Taurus. Yes. So yeah. much so. So much so. I, um, well, obviously it's its home sign. Mm -hmm. This is just coming home finally, baby. This is like Empress season. Mm -hmm where the empress lives yeah all for nature all for nurture and it's coming into this taurus where we've had uranus for so many years now yeah um which i'm i'm hoping will kind of create some some greater awareness of the value of that transit for all of us too Mm -hmm. but. yeah it's like this venus i don't know i'm just like venus in taurus is we allow ourselves not to struggle so much mm -hmm. sometimes we have to we have to choose not to struggle but we have to choose to go against the grain and here we're like how about we just magnetize by sheer presence mm. of who we are 
Venus in Taurus does, is a magnetic force in its purest form that needs to just recognize that. Right. It's and there's shift in perception. Yeah, it's like shifting into pleasure mode, pleasure mm -hmm. activism, mm. you know, that type of, of resonance with the world um, where we can find like harmony again. Mm -hmm. I think there's a way in which we, we tune into vibration and energy differently when Venus is in Taurus because it's more sensual. Yeah, absolutely. It's such a beautiful, and on the say it's so interesting. I don't think, I'm just looking at the chart. Yeah, and at the same time as Venus enters Taurus, we have this beautiful Mercury, Sun, Neptune, dynamic happening in Pisces around that time like maybe it's exact next day but mm -hmm. it's just it's very active already there and with the creative energy of Venus in Taurus and this Sun Mercury Neptune conjunction this is just such a flowy energy of doing things out of the place of inner fulfillment and like just doing things without a far away some kind of objective but just for the sheer sake of expressing what the workings of our inner selves mm -hmm. communicating about that yeah i i have for the last two years, I have been bonding with trees like there's no tomorrow. I'm like this person who just goes and touches like the adoration. And I feel like I almost like want to write it's I know it's, I sound like like a complete hippie, but Mercury. We we love it. <laughs> yeah. Mercury in Pisces with Sun, Neptune, and Venus in Taurus. I'm like, I want to write a poem for a tree. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I want to like honor the trees. <laughs> I want to honor the like the earth. It's, it's just devotional feels... medicine. Yeah. Oh God, so much so. Yeah, love this. Read poetry. Yeah. yeah. Write poetry. Write poetry. Yeah. And then the last days, I think we can kind of Mercury enters on the 18th of March into Aries. Uh, I I don't know Mercury in Aries I honestly don't know many people <laughs> so funny like I'm an Aries but like for me Mercury in Aries is just such a open book energy for some reason uh -huh. I'm just gonna like spill out all of my all of my <laughs> stuff <laughs> yeah let me share the you know the immediate thought of what I'm feeling right now. The self, the everything about me. I'll tell yes. you it all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I it's a good transit to I don't know. It's just a good transit to talk about yourself. <laughs> yeah. And like initiate initiate some type type of communication project. Yes. Um yeah. initiating like networking. Um mm -hmm. Yeah, reaching out to to people. Um, I think that would be a really good 
thing to do well absolutely and important thing just for so it's on mercury ingresses on 18th into aries and for just until march end of march then mutual there's a mutual reception between mars and gemini and mercury in aries right because mm -hmm. for those who are listening because mars rules aries and mercury rules gemini and they're in each other sign and they are supporting like you said initiating the conversation community like some kind of networking thing signing documents it's just like very supportive like it's like about 10 day window of them working in harmony with each other which is really beautiful and then mm -hmm. i really want to moon conjunct saturn every month right when moon enters the sign where saturn is every month conjunct saturn but this on march 19th moon comes together with saturn in pisces first time in 30 years so this is a big deal this is a kind of like a hints as I said, moon is people, how are we collectively going to experience the Saturn transit on an emotional level? How is it going to translate into our collective energetics? This is very interesting. So March 19th, that's happening. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Is, yeah. I feel like the moon, yeah, and moon and Saturn is is kind of a melancholy transit. Mm -hmm. um it can make us feel kind of isolated um but I think it, it'll be interesting to experience that in with the Pisces energy for the first time in a little while um just yeah. to see kind of okay you know how do you cope with that feeling in, mm -hmm. Pisces? in Pisces like what are what are your coping mechanisms like how are you going to um respond to um a feeling of sorrow or sadness or depression or isolation, separateness um, mm -hmm. in this boundless Piscean energy. Um, hopefully you can get creative. Creative and understanding. Sometimes it's important to understand it is you, but this is a movement that is trying to reflect to you what's within you. It's not doing anything to you. It's showing you what's within you <laughs> yeah you know so just like that's why when the moon will conjunct, it what's going to be happening in the outer is going to show the general energy of the public mm -hmm. in that sense and then the pisces season ends with the beautiful venus conjunct north node in taurus this is the last so north node has been in taurus for over a year now it's leaving the sign of Taurus on July 17th so this is the last time in a while that Venus the ruler of Taurus will conjunct the North Node in Taurus on March 20th kind of hopefully showing us the benefits of making the right value-based choices in the last year and a half almost of mm. showing how self-reliance on our inner values, on our inner resources have panned out. Yeah. Supported yeah. us. 
potentially supported. not supported yeah. us. Yeah, it's a very, I, I love this end of the Pisces season. It's very high note. Yeah, and I love that that um, influence is active too on the spring equinox, which we'll talk about in our next episode when the yeah. sun moves into Aries. So yeah, lots to look forward to. Lots to look forward to. Yeah, guys, Pisces season. Thanks for listening to us. And just as a kind of a little, this is a season of major endings. So gratitude, give yourself time. This has been difficult. Don't deny this. Yeah. Show yourself some tenderness as you transition this season. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Mariana. That was so fun. I really enjoyed Thank it. Thank you. Likewise, it's always so much fun. And thanks for, for listening, guys. Thanks for.